0: I didn't add like an eighth day of the work week, but um, I'm bending time like Hermione Granger. I'm like somehow reading people at the same time, and I believe that you
1: could. Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, I, I believe you could. There's nothing <laughs> that we can't do with
0: with our with our crystals. <laughs> Hi, this is Jimmy, and you're listening to Stage Door Medium. You're listening to season two, episode 13. Feeling the burn out, featuring the Broadway husbands, Brett Shuford and Stephen Hanna. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another week of Stage Door Medium. I'm your host, Jimmy. It's nice to see you again. If you are new to the podcast, essentially about a year ago, which is crazy to think that this journey started uh in December. We're going on a year. Um I've been a practicing medium for about the last 10 years. So I've been reading Broadway clients for a while. I kind of got the idea to marry the two and have some of the folks that I'd read come back on a podcast where we could sit down and explore the parallels between energy and artistry. And then it kind of snowballed into something I hadn't anticipated where now I get to meet so many beautiful new humans all the time with with readings for folks that want to come on the podcast. So Thank you for joining us. Before I our, introduce our guests, yes, there's an S today. This is our first duo um, pair that, that I'm interviewing. Um, one question that came in, have you, meaning me, ever been unable, uh, excuse me, have I ever been unable to read a client? So yeah, it's, it's happened twice. The first time it was me, it was my fault. I don't want to say fault, but it was my issue. The second time it was a client. So I'll, I'll kind of explain, but here's the thing. Cause the, the, the second part of the question, the second part of the question had mentioned that they had been told by mediums that she's that they're impossible to read. So to answer that, I don't know if I believe in that. Um, I, I think we all have our own energetic thumbprint or like face ID, but I think when we go to a medium, your average medium should be able to sit with you, sit with your energy and pull on some things. Um, I think sometimes what happens is that if you have like a, a client who just wants to be a jerk, that energy might throw off the mediums and they might get nervous. So the medium might start to wall themselves up. Me, I think being a teacher, like, I will call you out on your shit so fast if you try pulling that with me. So I will tell you, hey, do you want a refund? Or do you want me to gift this time to somebody else? Because you're wasting yours. So um, I've never had an issue except twice. So the first time was um, when I was going through a a particularly difficult time in in my life. I sat there with a client. And if you're listening to this, you probably like theater. And it was like the moment where Bernadette Peters wand breaks and into the woods and she's trying to, or before it breaks and she's trying to do it and nothing's coming out. And I was sitting there like nothing was making sense with the client. And I know that they weren't trying to, you know, fool me or anything like this. I just felt like completely unplugged from the wall. So I had called my mentor and I'm like, what happened here? And she knew what I had been going through. And she was like, you're not meant to be reading right now. She's like, you have to grieve. Like you have to be human and focus on your own stuff right now. So it took me, I would say about a couple months until I was able to start working with clients again, but that was scary. The first time going back with a new client, I'm like, is it, is it on today? Like, are we here? And I had some signs that I knew that it was back, but other than that, the other time that I had a difficult, I guess, experience was somebody had roommates and they all were home and so and all of the doors were open so she had four other roommates and that was tricky because i was getting details for everyone it is as much as we'd like to think it's just for the person that i can see on the zoom call spirit doesn't work that way if your roommates you know dad wants to come through and thinks it's an opportunity to sneak in and infiltrate they sometimes will um so it can make for a confusing experience so those are the only two that i've had and and to go back to that last part again, no, I don't think that there are people that just can't be read. I think it is interesting. Certain mediums can't read other mediums. That I found I've heard is more common because we start to like vibrate up here as and that's a whole nother thing. But anyway, so that's that. So I'm I'm really excited today. Our guests are so special. Before I introduce them really fun story. They were two incredible Broadway performers. So. Oh gosh, there's a ton of credits that I feel like would take the whole podcast episode to go through, but, um, they are now, they're known as the Broadway husbands. They have, gosh, they're, they're influencers. They have their own podcasts and they're Disney lovers, which makes me love them even harder. So please help me welcome Brett Shuford and Stephen Hannah to our show today. Yay. Hi. (laughs) Hi. How are you? Thank you for coming. You guys are doing well. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we're good. Yeah, we're very good.
0: How are things in Texas?
2: Good. We, we just survived a hurricane yep. and confusing, um, but good.
1: You know, politically, politically it's, it's confusing. challenging, but it's um, sure. You know, and it 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 makes it very um, hard. You know, it's it's challenging. It's challenging to to be around uh, with all this dis- disinformation, and then and then also the governor. But you know, I it's. I feel like we're we're hopefully part of helping change some of what the pattern of what's happening in the state. So. Yeah.
2: And beyond that, you know, it's beautiful here and that's kind of why we're here because we, we like being here. We have, you know, wide open spaces <laughs> and um, we are close to family here, so, you know, there are great benefits of being yeah. here.
0: Did both, and I don't remember, did both of your families grow up in Texas then?
1: No, just me, Brett. Uh, I grew up here. Steven's from Pits- Pittsburgh. I'm from Pittsburgh.
0: So dance mom. And I think
2: every time we, yes, that's right, Abby Lee Miller. It's every ALD. I didn't go there. Yes, the <laughs> ALDC, That is right. Um, but every time we've come here, I've always been like, oh, I like it's Texas. True. Yeah, it's I the like weather's it. nice. Yeah, the weather's mm-hmm. nice, and it's there's space. I think it's the opposite of New York, right? Mm-hmm. There's lots of sun, lots of space, and lots of grass. And it's affordable. <laughs> It's,
0: I know. I have family in Kentucky, and I remember visiting them, like, what homes were going for here, and you got so little. You had these gorgeous, like, brand new builds that were, like, a fraction of that. And, it's um, kind of amazing. So had you already been split between Texas and New York pre-shutdown, or were you just like, nope, we're, we're going here?
1: No, it all happened. Part of the... It's just... It's one of those... We kind of just let God kind of take us wherever we needed to go and we were really taken care of during the pandemic. We um by chance,
2: you know somebody bought our apartment and bought the city, our Manhattan apartment. And so we sold it. And then while we were there um selling our apartment, um I got a temporary job offer outside of Houston and um I said no, I think twice. And then I said, yes. And, um, and you know, we decided to come down because we wanted to spend time with his family at some point during the pandemic anyway. So we thought it was like a good chance for that to happen. For a few months. So it was only supposed to be from August <laughs> through December of last year of 2020. And we got here and, you know, everything was just going really smoothly. And so, you know, then I was asked to stay through June and I decided to stay on. And then we started looking at houses in January of this year. And then once we started doing that, it was kind of like, okay, I guess we could stay here for a little bit.
0: Sure. Yeah, I know it's interesting. There were some ideas, like my husband and I had talked about, interesting the things that came up during the pandemic, just in like, what do we want out of life? And then how, I know we're still in the midst of a pandemic, but with returning to normal life though, for the most part, the ideas that are still there. And I'm like, Oh, this wasn't a fad. Like we had talked, we had always, whenever we went on vacations, it was always go, go, go. It was always bigger cities. And it wasn't until the pandemic that I started going up to like the Catskills and doing like Woodstock and uh, <laughs> this area and like Hudson. And I'm like, I don't know about you, but I'm like, I kind of want to get like a place out here where, you know, in the summer we could live there. Cause he can work from wherever I'm like. And I don't know, we, and and so it's funny, like, that idea has not gone away since the pandemic is starting to, you know, stabilize, I should say. So it's, we'll see, we'll see what takes us there. But,
1: yeah, I um, think for us, we'd always thought, we'd always dreamed about suburbia, but then the reality of suburbia always kind of felt not right. And, um, and then the pandemic hit, and it just sort of happened and here we are living in the suburbs of Houston. So it just never would have, if you had asked us a year and a half ago where we would be, this is not anything that would have been on our radar, but we're super blessed.
0: There's also suburb shaming that I feel like happens because we live in a suburb. So we we have Buffalo and then, I mean, literally there's a street called um, Kenmore Ave and you cross it and you're in this village of, of Kenmore. And Um, we wanted a space like we were like what we were paying was murder for like a one bedroom in in Buffalo and then I was like this is stupid I'm like this is why people can't afford homes because they're like just shelling all their money out for for monthly rent so um, we wanted a space for the dogs and but anyway there's so much people were giving us like ew you moved to the burbs or you sold out I'm like I guess if that's (laughs) what you define selling out like sure we straight up sold out so yes um, how did you guys meet? Because I don't, I do not know this.
1: Well, sometimes we, sometimes we give like the sort of bread and butter answer, but we'll give, since we we'll give you the real, since you answer. did our spiritual reading and you've met our ancestors, um, <laughs> we met, we met actually in recovery. We both are sober. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: And so we met um, through 12 step meetings
2: and, um, and then, and then, so we, we saw each other around, right? And then the first time we really like saw each other and really have a memory like a really good memory of like us kind of being like- flirting. H- Hooked into each other flirting. was um, <laughs> yeah, like, I was invited to his Christmas party in 2006. Oh my God. Yeah, it was 2006. And um,
1: And yeah. Stephen was dancing in New York City Ballet at the time. And I had been to see New York City Ballet zero times in my life, so I I I didn't right I didn't I didn't know like what you know I was like oh he's a ballet dancer so and my friend was like he's a principal dancer in New York City (laughs) Ballet he's a big deal and I was like okay Um, but I just thought he was hot
2: and (laughs) then so I was at his Christmas party we started. We stared at each other like intensely. It was like an intense Christmas
1: Eve. The entire
2: party. But at the time I was in a terrible relationship still. Me too. And he was too. And so we were respectful of that. And we just um, became friends um, mostly because we were both sober. And so it was kind of, you know, built around that in the beginning. And then at some point I was out of my relationship and then he was finally out of his relationship. And it was. And then we've been together ever since really is. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy.
0: Having done both Broadway and ballet, is there a community that felt more like home to you?
2: Huh, it's interesting. I think at the time they both felt like home for various reasons at the time. Um, I think the ballet world, um, for as, as harsh and as cold as it can be at times, I think that, you know, it was, so supportive of me as a human as like I grew up in it you had um, a lot of history there. a lot of history there they took care of me when I needed help sure. um, and they gave me the career that I had so I mean, like he started training
1: at School of American Ballet when he was 12.
2: Wow yeah so then so I don't know that I ever always felt comforted there but that might have been my own shit And most of the people (laughs) who go to SAB end up in the company, and so that you just (sighs) kind of grow
1: up with these people, you know? Right.
2: Um, So at the time, I don't know that I always felt comforted or taken care of, but I definitely was. Um, And then when I started, the first show that I did was Billy Elliot. and uh everyone the, there's a stark difference right because musical theater obviously acting requires people to talk so um <laughs> so people are just in general a little bit louder and have conversations all the time not saying that ballet dancers don't but just you know it's in our nature to kind sure. of just be quiet and um you know so in broadway the broadway community is just so welcoming and so friendly and you know, everyone's so grateful to be there for the most part. Everybody wants to do their job. Um, there's not people tr- trying to get out of doing things, right? They're they're there to do their job. And so, I mean, they're both very welcoming. Um, you know, they both have their great... It was interesting watching him evolve when he left
1: New York City Ballet and then came into Broadway and just... Because I'd been on Broadway for years when we met, and so seeing it from his point of view from the ballet world was very interesting he's like everyone's just so excited to be there and worked so hard i was like yeah because it's very rare like it's like when you book a show a broadway show specifically you're just like yes this is what i've been working for mm-hmm. my entire life and yes. everyone at city ballet just kind of is you kind of you're just always doing it so it was right. an interesting, yeah. It's just a different mindset, yeah, different mindset know. for sure. And
2: also because you're so young when you get into the company that you really just have no perspective, right? So, you know, you just don't have that the same perspective. Yeah.
0: But it's neat, Brett, because I was looking up your, you were Beauty and the Beast, like the on on Broadway, yeah. and um, yeah. I think this is my first Beauty and the Beast cast member. Like I was <laughs> obsessed with that show.
2: I have a flashback really quickly of like after we started really dating and I would come to meet him at the stage door and this friend of ours that we're talking about, she would like pop her head out the stage door and kind of check me out. <laughs> and Well,
1: I was literally telling her and it was John Tartaglia was playing Lumiere at the time. And I was like, you guys. They were judging
2: me.
0: They this were judging guy me at the stage door. is actually dating me and he's really hot. You've got to see him. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sweet though. Like it's, uh oh. Um, did you work with Tony Braxton or no? Was she one of your Bells? No, she was before I joined. Oh, yeah, But sorry. I saw her. Was she good?
1: It was different. She had this rip away yellow. Like when she came out for curtain calls, she ripped off the bottom half of the gown hmm. and was in a tight yellow mini skirt.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Out. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm well, not even kidding. Tony's also
0: where they got what a change a change in me, right? She requested it. Right.
1: will mistake him. Right. But she didn't belt it like Ashley Brown did. You know, she no. was like a lower key and it was, yeah.
0: Soldier. I used to warm up my lower notes when, when I was doing Smokey Joe's Cafe, some of the lower notes were, I would just like warm up to like Tony Braxton's, like unbreak my heart in the car. It's like, yeah. it's ready. Um, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> as long as we're on the topic, I guess, of Broadway right now. One thing that I come back to all the time because I see it, with some of the clients that I read. And like my biggest hope is that with Broadway reopening, cause it's so exciting. I also hope that performers are gonna be kinder to themselves. And mm-hmm. I, I hope this break allows them to go in with a refreshed sense of it's it's okay. Do you know what I mean? If, if, if you didn't book this one, be kind. And can I ask what, how high is the burnout factor? If you're working consistently as an actor, like, because my, I think my misconception would probably be that it's not there because you're booking all of these Broadway shows. But others that I've talked to have said, even if you are booking show after show, the burnout factor is so real. Like, Could you speak to that?
1: I mean, the hustle never stops no matter what you're doing, because even when you book, you know, I think there's a misconception that you book a Broadway show and then you're like set. And I think I even thought that. And then you get a Broadway show and you're like, okay, well what's next? And that show may not run. And then you got to figure out how to stay in shape and be prepared. And even when you're in a show, if like I've been an understudy most of my career. So you're not only doing the show Eight times a week, you're also in rehearsals another eight to twelve hours a week, Um, and you got to be ready. You got to be prepared and ready to go on. And there's that adrenaline that you have to, and and if you're a swing, I mean, swings are the hardest working people on Broadway and do not get enough credit um, and appreciation. But you know that the adrenaline and the fear factor and the ability to just pull up and and let go of perfectionism and do that job it's it is it 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 can be a a burnout and also I just think a lot of shows are dangerous like when you have computers and running things and elevators and things flying in and steel sets and all this stuff people are risking a lot to tell these stories and um and so the adrenaline can can be high and I think um so not only that when you're booking like you're dealing with with all of that workload and that schedule and 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 risk but then when you're not working you have to figure out how you're going to pay the bills and how you're going to so it's it, it, it you do get burned out um and that's why it's so important to be able to have uh tools and mindset tools and be able to Um, know that, you know, have creative outlets outside of it. I think a lot of people don't take the time to transfer their hobby. This thing that they enjoyed as a dream that has now become their profession. You got to transfer that, that creativity into something else, because otherwise your fulfillment kind of lies in your profession. And so I'm constantly trying to encourage people to like do something else. Even if you're just coloring, (laughs) like just do something outside of the show. Yeah,
2: Because you'll feel so much more fulfilled, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, burnout is so real. I mean, I think it's probably real in anything, and especially in Broadway. The schedule alone, like Brett was saying, eight shows a week. Even, you know, I always get asked the question, like, what's harder, Broadway or ballet, right? Um, And I think that some people think that maybe if your track isn't some physically demanding track in a broadway show that oh, that can't be that hard it's a piece of cake yeah it's a piece of cake eight times a week well i don't care what part you have if you're doing it eight times a week it's it's not easy and just show up every day and do that and do it well and um get out of the stuff in your head and um, be a good person while you're doing it it's not easy right and then you know like brett was saying you got to find fulfillment then, then there's the hustle bustle of Times Square, right? You're constantly just showing up to work sometimes is exhausting. And then you get there and you're like, oh, man, now I got to do the show. Um, you know, so there's just so many aspects to it. And I think when you do go from show to show to show, right, um, there's like this true excitement. And there's also a lot of dread. I mean, I, I found for myself, like, I, I would get a lot of anxiety over um, always knowing that I ha- would have to go and perform. Um, and then I wouldn't feel relief until it was over. And so like, you know, there's just a lot of mindset stuff. Um, yeah, so burnout is definitely real. And then, you know, then there's also the um, the aspect of not feeling, at least this is a personal thing. I mean, as a, especially in a Broadway show, I always felt like I never, um had a voice i mean i i never my opinion didn't count you know what i mean so that's hard it's hard to be in a place where from the outside it looks like this amazing thing and for the most part it can be but there's also something to be said where you go to work and it doesn't really matter what you think you just have to kind of show up and hit your mark and do exactly what you're told so it's like this weird dichotomy of things happening and on top of
1: that, there's, I think what you were speaking to about the added pressure we put on ourselves that there's, there's a mindset that's taught to you, no matter like right. that, there's, there's never enough, there's never enough. This, so you got to keep searching. There's like a scarcity mindset that, that I think really has- is Im- embedded in, in performers early on. And I think a lot of it really comes from a parents and people who don't understand how to help people who wanna make a living in the arts know that it's true and it's possible and, and, and believe in themselves enough. But I think B, I think there's a lot of people who got burnt and rejected mm-hmm. by the industry who now teach it. And so <clears throat> they're teaching a lot of scarcity mindsets to people that it's hard and, you, and so we're setting up the expectation that you're gonna get rejected or you're gonna suffer and all this stuff. And so we've already bought into it before we even enter the industry.
2: Yeah and then like also on like a individual level too there's this level this idea of like now you're in a show right and then you're you're talking to people and you heard so and so got an audition for this or got an audition for that or they might be leaving the show and then so it starts to become like, well, wait a second. All of a sudden, this job that made you feel so worthy, you kind of start to feel like, and you're told, "Wait, I'm still in it, and they're you're leaving. also told you know, it's like, that you can't call out.
1: Yeah, you can't miss a show if, unless you're, unless you are like your knees falling off, right? Like you cannot miss a show. And so, if you're mentally not in a good place and you're showing up to work, you're gonna suffer. You're gonna, and it's gonna. Ref- the energetically it's going to transfer backstage. And so it's, it
2: can be a real, a real mind F. So the, the short answer is yes, it can be extremely, <laughs> you can burn out easily, but there are, you know, and then there That's are, why it's up to you to
0: take care of yourself. Yeah. You
2: got to take care of yourself and make yourself happy so that you can just show up and do your best.
0: I, I, I can't speak for all mediums, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm no, I think I will. If I think the burnout factor is there because Goodness, when things started blowing up and of course, what a beautiful thing to be able to say when things blew up for me and, and got really busy, like, of course, I'm grateful for that, but it started becoming this strange. Like, for example, a couple months out, like I, I was booking like a month and a half out and you're like, oh, this looks you know, great, obviously, because people are seeing, hey, there's, there's a wait list for, for this person, so they, they must be skilled at what they do. And then the wait list started growing. So now it's about four months out. And then I started going, well, wait a minute though. Oh gosh, I don't don't wanna hurt people's feelings. I don't wanna turn them away. I wanna help them. So should I start opening my calendar up more? And I tried it at one point and I was coming home miserable. From the readings, I had added an extra day of the week. Um, uh, extra work. To, I didn't add like an eighth day of the work week, but um, I'm bending time like Hermione Granger. I'm like somehow reading people at the same time. And I believe that you could. Jenny. Yeah, I yeah, actually that you could. There's nothing that we can't do with it, with our with our crystals. <laughs> and, um, so I was coming home miserable, and it's interesting because like it's a selfless job to do it right. And so I I think yesterday I I had two readings, and then I uh, we had frozen at night the the tours here in town, and I was like, there my you know my mom joined me, she's like how how were the readings, and I was like great, I don't want to talk about it, I'm tired, like I just want to go turn this part off, and I think that's the other thing that aids in the burnout is just talking about it all the time, and I think as a medium, I know what we do is like really special, and there's days where like. I'll start to well up going like, I get to do this. Like, and like, I I don't, it's never lost on me for how special it is, but I'll like obsess on things after I get out of a reading going, I could have done that differently. So where I should be able to turn it off at 45 minutes, like it's like two hours and 45 minutes later, something's still sitting funny with me. So you said it best, Brett, like the hobby factor, like I will, I my iPad's right in front of me. I'll color sometimes, I'll draw I will even just mess around with like GarageBand, anything to get my creative juices flowing, but not thinking about mediumship. Cause it's-
1: Yeah, when I used to, when I first got sober, I used to go to 12 set, you know, we would go to these 12 set meetings. And if I shared anything I'd be, oh my God, about work, like I would say, oh, I'm in a show or like I just got out of rehearsal or something like that. And, you know, I would go to these gay meetings, like primarily gay uh, meetings, and gay meetings in Hell's Kitchen. I learned very quickly do not say you're in a Broadway show because as soon as it's over, all the gays were like, What show are you in? Tell me about it. And I'm like, No, I came here for like spiritual healing. I did not come here to talk about work.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so like the same. Like people will, you know, they, uh, after a while, like, Sometimes I, I won't even like I, I I teach as well and I love being a medium but there's other times where I'm like if I had to pick like if if I know somebody's gonna want to ask a ton of questions about well how does it work is it always on or what what number am I thinking of right now I'm like I will just go I'm a teacher you know I I will like Stephanie Block was saying and yep. one she would tell people she was a clown after when she was on Wicked and tour, she, uh, because she was like if you said Alphabet, she goes Wicked was a hot ticket back then so everyone wanted to talk to the green girl so she just started yeah. saying that she was a clown a children's a clown for birthday parties and she said the people were like oh okay and they wouldn't talk to her and so um yeah I, I,
2: I can I could totally relate to that I too can Yeah, that, especially yeah. being a ballet dancer people are like what do you do for a living and I always be like uh do I say what I do? Yeah, like, I don't even know if I would lie or if I would just kind of skirt around the answer, but I always hated being like, I'm a ballet dancer. I dance with New York City Ballet. Oh, here we go. <laughs>
0: yeah, It's like the same questions. I know we, we, get, we get the same too. So how did the Broadway Husbands come about? Like, was this organic? Did it present itself to you?
2: I'll start. Okay.
0: This is adorable. The
2: first, <laughs> well, because I will take over. Like so, in the beginning, it was 2013, <laughs> and we were both unemployed. Is that right? 2013? Yeah, that was the. Lucky yeah, yeah, year. yeah. 2013
1: was a, a not a great year, year and, and I always think 13 how yeah, lucky yeah. that year was.
2: We were sitting around. It was a Sunday, and um, we were both unemployed, and we decided to make a YouTube video called um five things to do or what was it five things five favorite things to do on a sunday to do on a sunday when you're unemployed yeah (laughs) and so like number one was like call unemployment or you know do your unemployment (laughs) and we just made this video um and so that was the beginning of broadway husbands that's how it started like that idea of like making videos together and and that was a like i said in 2013 but then actually Broadway husbands. The Instagram account didn't come about until well, I had, 2018. I
1: had kind of gotten really into doing my own YouTube channel mm. and had devoted a year to. I was like, I'm going to make a video a year, a week, a, a week, month, a, week. Yeah, a video a week for yeah. a year. I had committed yeah. to it, right? Yeah. Um, and I, topics, and, I, and I did it. And I, and what I tried to do was do a recurring series like every week. So one of them was called Broadway Husbands on my YouTube channel. And it always did better than anything else I posted. And if I started to notice that like things on my own Instagram account would do better when Stephen was included in it. And I was like, huh. So I was like, what if I just create a separate Instagram account and no one had it, which shocked me, Broadway Husbands. And so we started this separate Instagram account and YouTube channel. And that, we actually didn't even start that until 2018. The Instagram. The Instagram.
2: But we had done
1: YouTube we videos. We had done them about on my channel. Yeah,
2: we were doing YouTube videos for sure. And so then
1: it just like 2018, mm. we started it and it just kind of took off. And now we have like 64,000 Instagram followers. It's not and it's like become a whole like uh, other, side hustle which we love because we didn't ever we'd never been in a show together we'd never we didn't really ever get to create things together and i was like this gives us a chance to actually be artists in a way together you know mm-hmm. so it's, been, your main it's definitely
0: has a. what's that what would your main demographic of your followers be would it be broadway performers well, gay Men.
1: no it's primarily gay men and you know we're very family like you know, I think that you notice what I noticed a lot on Instagram and kind of the inspiration was I was seeing a lot of couple accounts who were either like interior design and like, like fixing up a home or they're like super like Balenciaga designer, fashion runway kind of thing, or they, um, or they were over-sexualized. Nice. <laughs> and I was like, you know, we're, that's I don't relate like we're performers like our lives are very different and I just kept thinking what would like my 13 or 14 year old self as a young gay kid in Texas who wanted to be on Broadway want to know about living a married life with a with a man Um, and so that's kind of was the inspiration and I feel like we do have a lot of female followers but it's primarily men Um, but we're we're definitely not over-sexualized. We really just want to show people that, you know, married life for us is, is no different than it is for straight couples. And, um, you know, we have the same ambitions and how do we, how do we make a living as freelancers, as artists in order to support that life? So it's, that's kind of the inspiration behind it.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's been, the evolution of it has been huge and it's interesting because in the beginning it was like, I mean, it felt like something that we had to like really plan. And now, I mean, we still have to really, really plan it. Cause it's a lot of work. We post every day. I know. <laughs> so it's a lot. It's a lot of work, but, but it's definitely become more um, a part of who we are and less I mean, I say that, and is that truthful? I mean, I think it is. I, it is. I mean, because we just, like, we were doing content before we came to do this interview, and, you know, I, I feel like we're definitely blending more and more in our creativity, whereas it used to... Be, it felt like a chore. It felt like a huge chore. chore. Trying to get together <laughs> like
1: schedules, and, and especially because when we started it, we were both working and yeah. performing and, you know, I would go on tour or he would go do a regional gig. And like, when are we going to make stuff? Cause we're not even together, you know? And you're That's bringing the
0: job into the relationship. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Right. Like like my, it's
2: not only a job, but it's like something that like, we're telling each other, no, you need to do this. No, you need to do that. And it's all up to us.
0: That's, I mean, literally, uh, uh, I'm so glad we're, we're talking about this and you bring up the great point about, it's to just remind people that we have the same aspirations. Like so many times where I'll, you know, um, where I'll talk about how my, my husband and I want children one day. They're like, really? I mean, my husband is like a boss of mine. So to speak, like he does all the graphics, he does all the editing. So there's deadlines that he's like, yo, if you want this video done by Monday, you have to give it to me by like, this, this day. And so it's interesting to like, you know, I, it, it never felt like a chore um, when I started stage door medium, but it definitely was like, I had to remind myself like, Oh, like there's an accountability factor. Like I have to turn things into him and you know, he um, gosh, I'm so, uh, that's the other thing. Like, I think I'm going to, I'm going to guess with yours too. People don't understand, like for us, it's literally like a two person operation like it's, I'm doing the readings, I'm setting up all of this stuff. And then he does all the advertising. He does like, and I think sometimes people, if they don't know, they think that you have like a full team or something like that, that does, you know, I, and um, for you guys, can I ask like, what would best piece of advice you would give yourself if you had to go back and you saw another couple starting something similar?
2: Yeah. Um you if i went back i mean my biggest piece of advice for us even in this moment is uh especially because you know we're married and we spend a lot of time with each other and we really 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 love each other and like love being with each other and it's funny because (laughs) when you talk about accountability (laughs) what happens is you know we have all of these intentions and plans and then (laughs) we both kind of like to procrastinate sure. and then no one sure. wants to call each other out because we both want to just not do it. <laughs> and so then it just like goes on and on. And so I don't know, I guess my biggest piece of advice I think is always just to like, kind of get up and take some action and do it. Right. The like, biggest challenge I, for me is like, I'm definitely more
1: like type A in the relationship, but I never want to be a parent in the relationship. So I will stop myself from actually like just being the captain and just saying like, we're doing this, do this. Cause I know it's going to turn into a whole, like, we gotta have, it. so yeah, then yes, there's nothing gets done. Wait, wait, wait,
2: I will give an example though. Like of earlier we had procrastinated a couple days about what we were making before we had this interview and we made part one and the second part had to be in another location and I'm not saying that you were procrastinating, but you were like, "Well, let's just not. Let's just do it another time." I'm like, "No, we need to do this now. We've waited two days. We've got to get this at least one thing accomplished. We the, we're gonna lose the light. We're gonna lose our mojo." I would actually like, say, like, if you don't know <laughs> your
1: dynamic in your relationship, like, if you, if you, if if one person can't be the captain or the other person has resistance or whatever it is, like. Because it sounds like you guys have found a really like, you know your strengths. Yes. Like, you know your husband knows his strengths and you know your strengths. And you both have made like a very like distinct decision about what those things are. We didn't really do that from the start. And right. I think that's made a real challenge for us. It's like... some our
2: roles are always changing. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like sometimes,
1: you know, I and that I get upset because I'm sometimes being creative director
2: and director and editing but then I'll and be posting... Doing... I'll give my idea and give an exact direction and then he'll change it and think that he's told me, but has not.
1: Like you don't read my mind?
2: (laughs) Anyway. I'm not a mind reader. We're giving you the long answer. That was (laughs) one of our conversations earlier. I was like, I'm not a mind reader. You changed your mind and then didn't tell me (laughs) and then thought I already knew before. Anyways, yes. That's how it goes.
0: It's way too similar. Like a couple nights ago, I had a reading here but then my my spouse had to get into the studio to do a, a quick headshot for somebody. But I was like, the time was like way too close. It was like, I opened the door to start saging out and they were coming in and I'm like, I got so pissy. And I'm like, no, no, I'm like, own this. I'm like, I should have said, no, I need 15 more minutes. If that's okay, I know I'm a talker. I know I'm gonna go over, can you? And he would have been fine with it. So I think- we do have a really good balance, though. I mean, like, it's it's pretty bang on. I think the hardest thing, you know, is you straddle this interesting line of, like, you know what you want your your brand to look like. And, you know, like, I in my mind, I'm like, this is how I want a client of mine to feel. This is how I want a viewer of mine to feel. And then what's really neat is that I never want my husband to just feel like he's doing the the work of, like, I'm always open to like, I'm like, what ideas do you have? Or what vantage points do you have? Because as a photographer, like he's an artist. And I have to remember that there are moments where like he sees things, like I talked about with my sister earlier, so differently than I do. And there's moments where like, I so appreciate it. Cause he's almost like, you're too close to the topic. Like step back for a second step back and look at this with me. We just gel so well, like, especially now we'll be at a party. And like, before we go in, I'm like one hour, right? Like we're leaving after an hour and then we'll go home. And or I'm like, Hey, we have coffee on the way. Let's go get coffee on the way home and just talk about more hopes and dreams and stuff. So what I love so much about the two of you is that you guys are so approachable and you guys are that's a good word i was spirit just told me i was like i can't think of it accessible like there are some that i look at and they're having like like speedo parties in in mykonos as i'm like crying over my auntie ann's pretzel this and i'm like oh i feel so far away from these from this lifestyle and um or it's like hey i just got actual cheetah print wallpaper for for the bathroom and i'm like Fuck, I still have to spackle something from three years ago. And yeah. so it's just really beautiful to see to hus- you know, to see you guys just so accessible and and I don't know. So um I guess as we start to wrap up, I read you guys what, like a month ago. Oh,
2: maybe Was I it guess really it has that been long? a month. Oh, my
1: yeah. God. yeah. Wow.
0: I think so because right after it turned into like full-blown sinus infection, and that lasted like Two weeks. So I think it's a month. Wow. So I can't remember. Both of you had never been read before, correct? Correct.
2: You know what? That is exactly right. It was four weeks to the day. Sorry. Really? Yes, go ahead.
0: Also, you have a really good yeah, memory. You're
2: exact. Yeah. He does. Huh. I don't. Just about certain things. Dates. That's it was Friday. It was a Friday. Yeah.
0: That's right. Because I remember I had none. No, I did, I had another reading the next day and I woke up like B. Arthur. Like my voice was just so like low. And um, yeah, I remember I was like, how am I gonna do this? Cause I had to get up like three hours early just to get everything. But um, anyway, what, if there's anything that you feel comfortable sharing about our experience together, anything that either came out reading wise or anything that you wanna note, I'd be so grateful.
1: I mean, everything about it has been so eye opening. It was, I was, uh, I left that meeting on such a high. Um, I, and I think that's the thing. I think Stephen was, I could tell, kind of scared going into it because he didn't know what to, what to think. I was super excited, but I think we both left the reading very, like our energy levels had just risen really, really high. We were very excited.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What's interesting is a lot of stuff you said has been, um relevant i guess like one of the things you said was like i was at the moment like having a lot of self-worth issues and it, you said like around mid-september you'll come out of it i feel like this last week has been the most like, like it's mm-hmm. all just like lifted which is That's so great. interesting yeah. and then one of the other things i thought was really interesting is there was a ballet dancer like one of the oh, first right. spirits that you mentioned yeah you mentioned
2: um
0: did you he find out this?
2: I mean so I, it was funny because I like nixed my the first idea that I had because I was like cuz you had said the spirit that was coming through was um female a dancer and young. I think you used he the word He didn't say young he said little. Little maybe you used the word little but in my head I heard it as young. And is so, that interesting,
0: really quick. Sometimes people will leave the reading. This is a real phenomenon where they'll leave the reading having heard one thing, and then just recently, somebody's like, "Where's this part of our conversation on the recording?" I'm like, that that didn't I didn't say any of that. Like people hear things differently, but it, it's, mm-hmm. it's that's a whole nother day, but yeah, keep going.:
2: Yeah, I heard young. <laughs> so I think that that next. Possibility, you know what I mean, and I think we just didn't really explore it. Well, you and were I, like, you were saying like she has dark hair, she has dark and hair,
1: all, like all the, you know, and um, and and then you said Anne, and Anne something, Anne, Anne, Anne and, and we were, and Stephen was just like,
2: oh. and then um. And so then, so our, like I said, our reading was on a Friday. Then we went to my friend's um, um, pool on the Monday or Sunday, like right after that. And we were telling them- A ballet dancer that he grew up with. Yeah. And my friend Farah, she was like, oh my God, wait, isn't Roberto's mother our ballet teacher? His mother named her name was Anna. And I'm like, oh my God, right. And, I, and as soon as we started talking, I like thought of it. Hi. And she loved me and I spent time with her. And, and Farah's
1: like, she loved you so She Steven. did. And she I but just I just
2: loved you so much. But because I heard not what you were saying, do you know what I mean? Like I had a block because I couldn't understand what you were telling me. Um, and so it was fascinating. Sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, you keep going. This is wild.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was, it was a super eye-opening. And this is uh somebody who I've been very close with he was my ballet teacher since I, since I've been nine or eight and her so, son, her son, his name is R- 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 and so is her mother, his mother. Um, and, um, you know, so, and it's, I have not called him yet. We've texted. we text a lot. So I haven't had a, a, a real conversation where I've been able to actually talk to him about this. Yeah. Um, but I need to, yeah.
0: That's, yeah. there are times like I, I was, cause here's the thing. I always tell the client, I will not, placate you like if if you're like well it could be my cousin I'm gonna go like if it feels wrong in here like in my gut I'll go no and this woman would not let up for a couple minutes and I was like I'm really sorry I I I guess we'll we'll move on but like she almost seemed like pissed that like I was I mean she had been there early on in the day and um that's wild
2: yeah it's endless no. we could talk about so, it for hours I, mean, <laughs> it, I think for me too um you know i'm not going to go into all of the details but sure. i think one of the one of the craziest things for me i don't know what the word would be to describe it is um my <laughs> grandfather came through crazy yeah my grandfather came through and um and i had learned things about him a year ago um like I finally understood things that I never understood before because I finally knew the truth mm-hmm. um and he came through and apologized um for you know the hurtful things that he had done sure. and um and for me that was like huge because um uh, now that I know the details of certain things that have happened in the past I, as a human being, like, have become clear about why I am the way I am. Um, and so, like, that was huge for me. That was huge for me. And the fact that you knew, you also knew my grandmother's um, first two letters of her name. And oh, yeah. we're, and we're thinking Was that the of,
0: H-I? Was that H, was that the H-I?
2: L-I? L-I, L-I. L-I. L-I, yep. yeah. And, um and it's also, her name is, um we're trying to have a baby and we always go back to her name as our daughter's name. So that was just like,
0: yeah. I
2: think I cried like instantly as soon as you said it. The, the other thing that sort of just is like
1: in general, I i was not close to my grandparents at all. Like they just weren't people I related to. I mean, my dad's parents, which interestingly enough, my dad's parents didn't come through at all, which I thought was fascinating because my mom's parents did but my dad's parents didn't. And, you know, even my mom's dad who passed away when I was in high school, he was like one of the first people you mentioned that came through. Um, I never felt close to him. And one of the things you said that stood out for me was how he apologized basic, basically for um, for toxic masculinity, for passing, for sort of teasing me um, because my I just wasn't as, I was sure. athletic as my brothers. And when I mentioned that to my family, or my mom, or, or even my cousin, ironically, whose whose dad came through who had committed suicide, was actually in town the next weekend, which was so weird. Wow. Um I was telling them about the reading, and they were like, you know, I said, Grant, my grandfather came through and apologized, and they're like. Was he mean to you? Like they couldn't believe that he was mean, and I think that it also just proves to me how embedded that toxic masculinity and accepting that is in our culture, yeah. or has been in my family at least. So that was interesting. I kind of took that with me in a way that was like, I didn't need him to apologize to me, but uh, he did. He wanted to. Um, I just was surprised at how much our grandparents came through because I never really felt like there were a huge presence in my life. And I don't know if you have something to say about that as a medium, like Wait. why is it that they're the ones that come through when I don't even feel like they're that close to me?
2: Wait, and one more thing, and also then, so I, obviously I have four grandparents, right? But the three of them, I never really knew because they were all gone um, by the time I was old enough to remember. But the one that I was close with, or knew the best, and she actually lived with us, she didn't come through, and I, I, I thought that was interesting, too.
0: Really? So, ooh, okay, so, a couple different things. It's interesting to kind of, I always say, there is no, sure, I'm going to try to draw it out right now. There's no way to, for as the medium, to really control how the experience goes and and while i never want to liken it to that of a performance i always say it's like if you're going to a theater and you're expecting i don't know um let's say brett you said you've understudied in a lot of shows we're going expecting to see the uh, you know the the full-time person in that track and you get into the theater and you're like well that's that's not i wanted this person to go on I don't, i don't know who this this insert is and I always say it's, you're still going to get messages and you're still going to get things that sometimes you don't even know that you needed. So for me, sometimes it's interesting. Like I've been to readings where the person that I was like, well, for sure, they're going to come through didn't, but a different family member did because of something that I was going through in my life that at that moment, they felt the most, what's the best word they felt the most experienced or poised on that topic to speak to. If that if that makes sense. And, um, and plus if we have, I'm, I'm just going to draw that. So we got like our grandparents and like, I, I know it's, I'm just drawing X's right now, but if we've got like, it's hard enough as a medium working with technically, let's say, Let's say you've lost no one but grandparents, but they're all gone. To be working with four grandparents alone is very tricky for the medium because it's, I don't wanna say tricky, but that takes enough energy. And and if you're listening at home, we had done a a group reading, so I read them together. So then you combine another four people, but imagine it as like a tiny elevator. My, My brain is the elevator. You've now got eight people in there plus a dance teacher, plus some other people that came through in in the readings. And it's almost like it gets so jam-packed up here that it, I don't even know if I, hopefully if you're listening to home, you're like, what the fuck is he talking about? I hope it makes sense, but it's tricky sometimes. They're, you know, they're, the other thing too, is I always tell people go in with no expectations. And because recently I read somebody and what's the best way to word it? They were expecting an apology for something that was never done to them though. And after the reading, they're like, well, I didn't get my apology. And I was like, but wait a minute, like this person seemed really loving and wonderful. And they were like, well, they were. And I'm like, but this, you weren't wronged by this situation, correct? And they're like, no, not at all. I'm like, okay, so wh- why would they come through to apologize for something that had been done to like somebody that you didn't know as well, when that's not what the point, you know what I mean? Like there's, yeah. we, I learn on the job too. You know, I, I sometimes I always say the squeaky wheel gets the grease too. If they really wanted to apologize and address things because they feel like it's going to help you live a more clear here and now, those folks are going to come through. Um, It it, it varies. Again. It's
1: interesting. So, so, I know you can't guide it, but is there something about our ancestors? Is it just the lineage of our of our blood and our and our energy that like that they came through the loudest? Or is it that like is there something connected to the family that cause I always just think, you know, I sort of look at energy like an ocean and we're all just like waves on the ocean, right? And we like linear, but is it, are we more connected to certain waves because of our Our own family history?
0: That's a great, I should have started with that question. It's a really great, we typically, I liken it to that of American horror story where every season it's usually the same actors that Ryan Murphy is hiring but they're different roles to one another. We typically travel within our family units. Because what happens is we start to develop a really good rapport with these fellow actors, so to speak. So if, gosh, they're, they're you know, if let's say in two lifetimes ago, my mom may have been my sister. They may have been my mentor because what happens is with any company that you're in, so to speak, the more you work with them, the more you start to know how to push them, whether that's for the better or for the worse. the more, and, it makes for a really interesting cuz i always say that the main point of coming here is to learn is to grow is to learn lessons is to raise our vibration a little bit more each time that we're here so if i knew that you know the soul of my let's say mom was like a real fiery one and a wild card i'm like ooh i know she knows how to push my buttons hey, next time we come through, I'm gonna contract that you come back as my child. And we might have some rocky relationships because you're still gonna know how to piss me off, but it's gonna help maximize these couple lessons that I need to learn. So no, you said it really well, Brett. Like I believe that we're all like little dots that re- like bees that report back to the big hive. But from there, we kind of stick within our own family of bees, if, if that makes sense. And now it's time for some last minute questions. If you were stuck as a ghost in a theater for all of eternity, and you could only watch the same musical over and over and over, what, what would it be?
2: Uh, gypsy. Perfect choice. Gypsy.
0: Um, Annie? Character that you've played or just a character that resonates with you from theater that both of you think would benefit from a medium?
1: <laughs> um, um, prince eric
0: hmm.
1: yeah maybe he would have gotten her before ursula like kind of came in he maybe if he would met with a medium before ursula came back to service he would have found out that she just had her voice taken and he could have just there we proposed go. and kissed her and it would have all been out,
2: over maybe um <laughs> maybe <laughs> sally bowles <laughs> We're both she could have strained out a lot of things if she talked to a medium and had some guidance.
0: Sally definitely. Uh, and I feel like. Mm. I
1: think Elsie would have come through. Elsie would have come through and said, Girl, <laughs> get it together.
0: Right? Could you imagine the medium being like, um, Did you guys share two sorted rooms in Chelsea? Like they use that exact wording and they're like, We did. Yeah some queen casket queen was she laid out like a queen um, (laughs) that's it i may start my own youtube channel where i now channel like we we acted out where i'm channeling broadway characters uh i bring them through that's thank you that's going to be my retirement so um and then final question hundreds of years from now when we're no longer here how would you each individually want you to be looked back and remembered
2: oh god that's so hard i mean i think I think um, I think I would like to be remembered as somebody who <laughs> contributed to the arts in a positive way, and also taught um, their child um, how to be better than them. Mm. Mm.
0: That's a big one.
2: Love that. I love that i i just want
1: to i i just want people to hopefully remember how uh, that there was joy and that there was inspiration
0: i'm going to be driving home with so much on my brain you guys have given me so much (laughs) to think about so i want to thank you both so much for being my guest my guests excuse me today and um i will put up some all the good links where people can learn more about you, either as individually as artists, as the Broadway husbands, where they can find some of your merchandise, some of the, ugh, all the good things that are coming your way. So everyone at home, Stephen and Brett, be well, and I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Right, bye-bye. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I want to thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to learn more about mediumship, please feel free to check out my website, www.stagedoormedium.com, where you can also sign up for my newsletter or book a reading for yourself. Feel free to check out my Instagram at Stagedoor Medium or subscribe to my YouTube channel by the same name, Stagedoor Medium. Thanks so much. Be well and we'll see you next week. Bye Bye